Hey guys, welcome. Keen on Things Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick uh, Line. Keen. <laughs> uh, how's it going? Thanks for joining me. This is episode 18. Episode 18. We're 18 weeks into the COVID. Sorry about the snort. Um, isn't that a great marker that we know what episode we're on by how far we're into the COVID, or we know what week we're into the COVID by uh, the episode number, and millions and millions uh, of people are following this, so that's how they're keeping track. Of where we are in this thing. Can you believe that? 18 weeks, man. Um, that's what's nice about starting this podcast when it was beginning. It's easy to mark and keep track. You know, my paternal grandma was born in 1910, so it was always easy to track how old she was. I remember in 1980, she was 70. Uh, I wrote out a little recap of her life on a sheet of paper with a little picture at the bottom. I don't know what the picture was, but uh, we were in our first house out um, on our first venture to Southern California. I think it was... Uh, 1980, obviously. So um, she must have been flattered to have a sheet written by her cute little adorable grandson. Uh, my parents were married in 1970. So the same thing there. That was easy to keep track of. And um, a ton of my friends got married in 2000. We were about uh, 27, 28 years old. So that was the mark. And it was, what a, what a, it was the year of everyone's first marriage anyway. <laughs> Just kidding. Everyone's still married. But uh, 2000, yeah, easy. It was, uh, everyone's still married, you know, 27, 28 the, for the West Coast waspy culture. That's the first kind of age you get married at. Midwest, a little sooner, a little earlier. The South, uh, various ethnic cultures, uh, a little sooner. Uh, I mean, Jesus must have had it so good to have his birthday in zero, zero. So easy. to. How old are you, Jesus? Well, let's see what year it is. It's 01. Oh, then I'm one. How can you talk at one? Son of God, dude. Son of God. Um, so, yeah. Episode 18. Bistro K is where I was at this weekend. Big week, man. Did a show in Laguna Niguel on Saturday night with my childhood friend, Katia Bagata. Uh, grade school, St. Catharines, Laguna Beach. And uh, it was just a great show. Socially distanced, of course. Uh, hopefully, we can make it a monthly. It was out on the front patio. Um, undisturbed. Had the whole parking lot to ourselves, so that was nice. Seats, hay bales, uh, marking off the the parking lot. Four comics, hour-long show, outside with the speakers. Um, we got helped out because Carlos, uh, who does the music there, ran home and got his speaker system, and what a speaker system it is. And uh, great guy, does the music there. Check him out. I walked up, and um, Katya's holding a microphone and nothing else, and she's like, this isn't enough, is it? I'm like, a microphone with the cord? With nothing to plug into? No. Uh, a mic with no place to plug in is not going to get it done. So uh, we're going to need more. Um, had a bunch of friends come out, so that was great, which uh, I'm not necessarily good about that. I don't know how other comics are to have friends and loved ones. Some are just don't care and are unapologetic, and they're just going for it. Baby. But uh, not this guy, man. I, I get a little uh, tense, and I try to please everyone and play the host and all that stuff. But... Um, it worked. This is like one of the first times that uh, I was really excited to have all those people there and felt comfortable enough to you know, talk to them and everything and do my silliness. Um, you know, having friends and family at a gig, those can be ruffalophagous. It's just you're worried about too much and you need to not worry and not care about anything and just do the comedy for the masses, you know, for, for the whomever, for, your, for yourself, really. 
But uh, the show was a good vibe. Started in the daylight, finished as it got dark. I pulled my car around uh, and hit my headlights onto the stage area for Bill Dwyer, who went last because it was dark by then and uh, there was no light. So I had to crank it up and do the brights. Uh, I was myself, Francis DiLorenzo, Lamont Ferguson, Bill Dwyer. Lamont lives in Long Beach, even though I kept saying he was uh, a San Diego resident. I think I said it three times. I was obviously wrong all three times. And um, yeah, he's a Long Beach guy. I think because he ran a few shows back in the day in San Diego. So I just assumed that he did. Uh, a bunch of high school pals came in. Monica, Mark, Amy, Josh, good turnout. Nikki Alexander of Nikki Alexander BMW was there. Eighth grade buddy. Um, and he's the voice on those radio shows now. Look, guys, eighth grade in 1986 at St. Catherine's Elementary School was just a magical time for everybody. Now, for our little group of 30, you know, it was our eighth grade class. And I think we might have been the peak trouble of uh, that school um, all the years. It was a lot of younger siblings and youngest siblings of kids who had gone to St. Catherine's for years. So it's kind of the culmination. Our teacher, Miss England, was just the right age. You know, hitting, um, uh, you know, that point in your career where it was probably make or break. I think we led her to drink heavy. I'm sure she drank before, but we led her to drink heavy. But uh, she was happy, boy, the day of our graduation. And uh, it was tough. There was literally no male teachers on campus to straighten us out. So it was just the nuns at that point. Miss England, who was a great volleyball coach as well. Rest your soul. Um and uh, and no no male teachers. I guess Mr. Hershberger came in sixth grade, but he was in his first year. He didn't know. And we were mean to him, too, because we're spoiled little kids from Orange County. Um, man, Run DMC, Beastie Boys, Bon Jovi, Striper, just an amazing year, 86. David Bandmiller used to have every possible cassette tape. And I remember I had a bunch of blank tapes um, for some reason. And he's like, bring those over. We will burn music. All my music we'll give to you. And it was just uh, great. You know, this Pixies, uh, Susie and the Banshees, you know, the Smiths. Um, what was it? Velvet Underground, I think, was one of them. Uh, Violent Femmes, The Alarm, just all these fantastic bands. And I had access to it. So I went from zero to 60 in one second. Um, the personnel we had in that class, in the class of 87, for St. Catharines, uh, it was just amazing, fun. Katya, whose restaurant it uh, it was where we performed, and Nikki Alexander, they didn't go to our high school, Santa Margarita. They went to Laguna Beach, which Laguna was the cool public school on the water, man, on the ocean. Like, that was hip, artist, mysterious, uh, you know, bohemian, the only real bohemian part of Orange County, I think. Maybe Newport a little bit, but but Laguna, man. It was mysterious, right? Especially to a young, you know, 13, 14-year-old. Laguna in the 80s, very hip, still great. Uh, more flamboyant, you know, not filled with techies and yuppies and families. It was mysterious. It was it was gay, right? It was beautiful. Anyway, uh, Katya went to Modern Day for a year because it was uh, closer than Santa Margarita, which is unreal to think about, but it was easier to get to. Um, and uh, then she went to Laguna Beach High. And Nikki went to Laguna Beach High. He lived right there. Stephanie Fellows went right there. And they were like three of the coolest kids in our class. I don't know who was smoking and who wasn't, but uh, I'm sure there were cigarettes by all three of them. Dirty birds. And Nikki tells me um, he rolls with Jason Rydell now. Full circle. He went to our college. He never, or, I'm sorry, he went to our high school from Syracuse. He never even hit Laguna Beach, so he wouldn't have known those people. But he does now. And Jason Rydell and Nikki Alexander are friends, so that's cool. 
uh unreal love all those guys i love everyone i went to school with down there the white people and the really white people those are the two um but it was a bummer we lost those three um to laguna beach high school stephanie drass went to modern day for a year because her sister did but then got her head on straight and came to uh, Santa Margarita. She was in my honors English class. That's right. I was in honors English. I think Julie Moreau did a stint at modern day before coming to Santa Margarita. Um, we lost Brennan O'Neill to Chicago, David Banmiller to Texas. It was rough, man. Two of the best athletes in the class that would have excelled at Santa Margarita between the two of them, uh, in like five sports. We lost Jeremy to Capo that we knew that was coming. Jeremy Bryan, but that was brutal, man. He was a great dude. And, uh, like one of my crony, one of my besties, man, um and earl went to uh capo as well but they had a great time and uh they're both great guys and they all went on to great things i can't imagine the following that this topic of conversation is getting right now i mean just hearing about grade school friends that i haven't talked to that i shouldn't even remember but uh just i mean i'm sure subscriptions and people are clicking to this uh podcast the keen on things podcast all right um so anyway, it's pretty funny. We're almost we're almost a third of the way done with this insanity. Um, St. Catharines was an intense, man. 30 kids in the whole class, in the same classroom all day. So by the time most of us went to Santa Margarita, we didn't even need to talk to each other. At Santa, I mean, I don't know that I saw Allie and Megan, two of, two of the best girl athletes ever growing up. Um, and they were best friends, still are. But I don't think I saw them much in high school. We were so close in eighth grade that I'd see them, eh, hey, hey. But then I'm still friends with them today. So we're all like family, you know. I remember not seeing people that I went to grade school with and still being friends with them. I, you know, I went by, it went by, high school went by in the blink of an eye in that respect. And then you go your separate ways in high school after grade school. And uh, it's funny, I don't know how you are. The younger I was, the more I go back and the memory, when the memory's more unclear, that's what I'm drawn to. I'm drawn to uh, those memories because they're just out of reach. It's weird. weird. It's a little more mysterious. High school, I remember so well. So I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, the last 20 years. Um, but junior high, you know, uh, early memories of, uh, you know, maybe a great-grandparent or uh, your first house or, you know, the first time you rode a bike. That's when it's a little unclear. And that's I have all those questions about, like, the mid to late seventies for me. Cause 80, I remember 80, 83, 84, 85. I remember that on pretty clearly anyways. Um, so they're closing that grade school, uh, which is a bummer. Um, just amazing real estate down there in Laguna beach. I'm told they're closing St. Catharines. If I were younger, I'd be really bummed. Now it's just one more, you know, battle in life that, you know, I don't know if I can fight that. It's like, Okay, yeah, you just you just roll with the stuff. You know, if I were younger, I'd be upset and maybe try to organize something or at least be part of an organization, which I wouldn't. But, uh, but you get older and it's like, oh, man, that's, that's, just pick your battles. Uh, but great school, great memories, great people came out of there. Um, no priests, so no molestations that I know of, unlike my high school. But uh, so that's something to be proud of, right? Yeah, I should be proud of something I had nothing to do with. Um, so yeah, it was a gr- anyway. It's a great show with a good turnout. You know, it's funny. It's 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 a restaurant audience. It's my friend's restaurant. I can't bring down just any comic to do their thing there. Unfortunately, um, you know, little dirty, little edgy is fine. But uh, I got I got to keep it clean. 
for that clientele and just I, well i just got to keep it good let's say that if it gets dirty and edgy that's one thing but um i'd love for that to be a monthly um i'll have to say no to a lot of people if it gets picked up but uh that's a bummer you know a lot of my friends that i've done comedy with for 20 years it'll be like no nah, man sorry so maybe i'll try to get a second room down there um i haven't had to say no to comics to book them for like 17 years so that'll be fun but um I think I'll make it like eventually like two up and comers and then three headliners, you know, or maybe two and two, maybe an hour 15, uh, is a good length. And then hopefully I can get five or 10 new minutes out of it every month, 10, maybe five. Um, so that'll be fun too. And there's a ballpark pizza right there, but, uh, I'll tell you, man, it helps pandemic. People wanted it. Even if, if it wasn't funny, they just wanted something different and they had a good time. Edgy, you know, it works. Weekends are tough. I don't know why. Expectations from being having so many great ones over the years, and then you think, oh, the weekend will make us forget about this uh, pandemic, and it doesn't. We're still in the in, in the throes of it when you wake up on Sunday or Monday, and it makes it even worse because you're like, oh, no, the weekend was supposed to wait, take away the whole pandemic. So I don't know about you guys. Saturday, Sunday, man, Monday can be very depressing. Usually late Saturday night, Sunday, and Monday are rough for me. Um you know, which is funny because this is all so much easier than World War One, World War Two, all the people that suffered um, in all the wars, uh, the destruction that our, you know, um, international relations caused, our foreign policies caused to people, and uh, we can't even get over that. Um, so anyway, I think I think the date we're looking at for that next show is possibly August twenty second, which is a Saturday, and. Uh, I'm trying to get uh, Augie Smith, uh, Dwayne Perkins, and uh, Karen Rontowski. That would be a fun three, three-person, one-hour-long show. Boom, in and out. And those are three veterans. Those are three internationally touring headliners. Been on TV a bunch. So we'll see. So come. Come out to Bistro K, Laguna Niguel, right there off of Crown Valley. And Niguel in that town center back there on kind of the north that that'd be the northwest quadrant of the intersection uh back there by ballpark and it was there was a draft choice bar back there wow we're halfway through this insanity okay um reparations they're doing reparations in Asheville Asheville North Carolina which is one of my favorite towns in the country and uh they had a comedy festival there I was there with Matt Fultron and Maddie Betts the two Matts from Baltimore I flew into Baltimore we drove down to Asheville North Carolina which those states in the east it takes about 45 minutes to get through each one of them. Because I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I'm landing in Maryland and driving to North Carolina. Like, that's going to take two days, right? And they're like, it takes about seven hours. And uh, we hit it no problem. I remember getting there and it being daylight. And I remember getting back and it being daylight. And so it must have been summer. But uh, great town, Asheville, North Carolina. And I saw something that they're, they voted. And that they're going to make an attempt at reparations for African Americans, black Americans. But then I also got uh, some notes because I retweeted it and someone tweeted at me that uh, it's just a Band-Aid solution and it's not going to bring much good, um, that it was a little bit like affirmative action. But hopefully it's a step in the right direction. You know, I'm told it's all about, I was reading the article and the attempt is to build generational wealth, um, which I which is good, right? It's like, so every black person born in America doesn't have to start from scratch every time, every generation. Um, 
I mean, some white people do too, of course, but man, we got to cut our black brothers and sisters a break here. You know, we can't keep doing the same plan because that's the definition of insanity, right? Um, so Asheville's a great town. So again, it was told it was a Band-Aid solution, more of the same, but I hope it helps. Affirmative actions seem to help a lot of black society. Get kids into schools, get hired, get promotions at companies, get on writing staffs, um, get on casts of shows. Um, you know, it's what like what, you know, level playing field. This is America, right? Um, let's see. Okay, so I heard some great podcasts this week. Uh, Mark Barron, man, I've been on a run. Um, who did I listen to? I listened to him with George Lopez. I heard the old one with Carl Reiner. Um, Lynn Shelton, his his girl who passed. Uh, he had one with Lynn where they were just meeting for the first time, and I think they were both involved with other people. But uh, there's uh, some sweetness and some flirting and uh, some some beautiful stuff going on there. So, um, yeah. And what's the other one I heard? Uh, oh God, the one with Jim Carrey is fantastic. If you get a chance, listen to Jim Carrey on Mark Marin. Um, just amazing. And I wonder Mark is the guy, I don't think he ever would have seen himself as a host of a show or, or throwing questions or worried about keeping the pacing and the interest of an interview going, but he's gotten so good at it. He's amazing at it now. So, it's just so real. It's hard to go back to like regular TV, network TV, um, late night talk shows when you got these podcasts where people are being so real. Um, I did one. I did a podcast this weekend with Jason Galern and Roe, uh, Neft Vodka, baby. There's ad space. Um, down there in El Segundo, they've got a, a podcast studio situation. They're going to be launched. They're going to be doing podcasts out of there, which is great. And those guys are fantastic. Roe is uh, Iranian from Southern Cal and just a uh, brilliant guy, man. R.O. That's his name. Um, all right, what else? Yeah, so it's fun. It's fun to do. This is a great uh, vehicle to, um, I don't know, it's like a dojo for me when I do these absolute cathartic talks into this microphone into my computer because then when i do a podcast with other people I, don't, I feel like i don't have to fill the time and you can be yes anded and uh it's a little smoother because this this filling filling a tight 30 like this is, is not always easy sometimes it takes me a couple days it, you know normally i want to release this on a late sunday night or monday and now i'm releasing it on a tuesday but again it's a pandemic so i don't know that people are going to hold me to task too much um i watched uh man you go down these rabbit holes with all this time on your hands. Um, and some people are like, oh, time on your hands? must be nice. Well, I'd love to have my salary. I had a compl friend complain that, oh, my salary is just getting raped by uh, by our governor, New Newhouse, New Newsom, sorry, Newhouse. Robert Newhouse, the running back for the Cowboys in the 70s. Um, by um, by Newsom, their salary is getting I'd love to have a salary getting raped by Newsom. That means you're making a lot of money because the smaller salaries aren't getting raped. The big ones are. Sorry. That's the price you're going to pay for living in the richest country of all time and being white and from Orange County. You know, it's like, okay, so you got taxed more so that a bunch of people can live better. All right. We're all human beings. You're Christian, right? Catholic, whatever. Okay. Um, anyway, rabbit hole. I watched uh, Joseph. I'm going to watch Jesus Christ Superstar next, but I watched, which I never thought I would. I watched Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Um, more like dream boat with how good Donny Osmond looked. 
He looks so good. He looks healthy. He looks uh, vigorous. But that's what a lifetime of no drinking, no drugs gets you. It's not rock and roll, but, man, it feels good to wake up. For me, at 47, you know, in pretty good sitch. I know others that aren't. I thought, I'm so dumb, I thought, because the Technicolor Dreamcoat's from 1968, but that's the, the play, the, the musical, that's the Broadway, right? So I thought what I'm watching was from 1968 the whole time until I finally Googled it, and the live show started in 92, where, and, and to, I'm sorry, that toured, because it was just in Broadway, and then, um, and then Donnie, so Donnie took a, he started in 92, <laughs> And Donnie took a break and came back, and they made the film version in 99. So I was watching 99. I was 31 years off. I'm like, look at how young Donnie is here, but really he looks great. He was in his probably 50s when he made that. I should have known. Richard Attenborough's in it. Joan Collins, of course. She looks fantastic in it. And everybody's playing multiple characters. But um, it's a trip, man. Jesus Christ Superstar next. But uh, that'll be the New Testament. And then, uh, obviously... Joseph and the technical dream coat was um, Old Testament. You know, Joseph, his brothers are jealous. They uh, beat him up, throw, throw, him, throw him down a well. And then they're like, now nah, we'll sell him as a slave. And then uh, he eventually, you know, because he can uh, interpret people's dreams and he eventually gets a, a seat at the right hand of the Pharaoh. And then uh, the family, Joseph's brothers and father's father loves him. He's his father's favorite. They, they have a famine, and so they get in trouble, and they visit the Pharaoh, and they need help, and Joseph comes back and helps them, and everything's great. Um, just a beautiful um, production, too. Trippy, but loved it. Um, okay, great job. So I listened to the Char one of the Charles Manson, Manson podcasts. There's only about 75,000 of them. I would recommend You Must Remember This. It's a 12-part documentary all about the 1969 killings of Sharon Tate and Jay um, is it feeling and Abigail Folgers, the heiress to the Folgers, the LaBianca murders the next night, just treacherous, right? I was born in 72. I don't know how much you guys know about the 1969 killing of Charles Manson, but I remember growing up, my mom would say, that's when um, people started locking their doors, it was 1969. Isn't that interesting? And, and for different people, I'm sure people in the 1920s or the 1850s in a city were uh, locking doors. But uh, that's really when. And that wasn't that. I mean, it was like six people murdered. Now we have shootings with 27 people, and we just move right on. Don't change any gun policy or, or uh, mental health things. We just move right on. Um, so, yeah, I was born in 72. I had little to do with the uh, Manson murders. I was three at the time, you know. Um, but uh, it's, it's interesting when I was listening to the Manson murders. I mean, they dedicate a podcast. They, they have 12 episodes. They dedicate one to Manson's childhood, right? So they don't even, I mean, they don't even get to the murders to like episode 11 or 12. But the buildup, I mean, Manson was born to like a 15-year-old girl from a strict Christian family, single mother. Uh, the guy was ran off, and then she was trying to replace that guy with other guys. And so I don't think his birth, Manson wasn't his birth father's name. It was like her first guy she held down for a while before he took off his name. Um, and she was in and out of trouble in different ways with different guys. And then Char Charles follows suit. You know, he had two kids when he's younger with two different women. I don't think he was ever, uh, did he get married? I don't know. Um, I know one of them committed suicide in the last few years, but he's in and out of jail as a young man. 
you know, he comes west, and it's just perfect. It's hippie time. He's in his 20s in the 60s, and, you know, just like the drug culture and the hippie culture, and he's like, oh, perfect, man. I'm going to—it was just a perfect storm, right? And he merges with the hippie movement, um, and, you know, they're good hippies, the activists— Open your mind, peace and love. And then there's just lazy freeloader hippies. I, I, I do remember as a kid in the like mid to late seventies, I had they had some of that residual. The long hair, um, both in Southern California and in Oberlin. We lived in Oberlin, Ohio for a while. That's where my brother Dennis was born. It's kind of a college town, liberal arts college. A lot of liberal arts colleges in Ohio because back in the day, um, in the eighteen hundreds and when the really good High-end universities were happening in, like, New York and Boston. Um, parents, rich parents or whatever, needed a place to send their kids if they weren't quite up to par for some of those East Coast schools. You know, I don't know. They wanted to be artists or just, you know, chill. Ohio set up a bunch of liberal arts colleges, I guess, I'm told. But, um, you know, I, so I remember, I remember in 78 when we were in Southern California for the first time, and you just remember some of that long hair, the pot-smoking crowd, um, and then in the 80s, it got different. It got more, um, just, it wasn't the long hair as much. It was a little more froey and uh, floppy. Um, but uh, I do remember, like, the Bob Seger haircuts. My Uncle Jim looked like a hippie, but he really wasn't. But uh, I do remember some of that kind of, that element. Fascinating. Yeah, and again, fascinating time because it was uh, when awareness, for me, was just out of reach, man. Even the memory was just out of reach. But um, maybe it's just enough awareness. I remember the Rams losing the Super Bowl in 79 and the Raiders won in 80. And those were <clears throat> those were a little foggy to me. I had a Raiders jersey and a Rams jersey. I had a Jack Youngblood and a Kenny Stabler. My parents gave it to me. Same Christmas. Both jerseys. Unbelievable. Uh, then we moved back to Michigan in 81, and I was all on board. Um, for that Super Bowl in 81 was the Niners. And uh, I was hoping for the Niners Chargers because that was all California where we had just moved from. But my family was all about uh, Cincinnati because, you know, Ohio. Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Detroit. That's where the Toledo uh, people's allegiance lied. Mostly the Lions because that's just 45 minutes away. But at the same time, people loved Montana because he was from Notre Dame. And the Niners were so fresh. But but that's the first Super Bowl I can remember clearly was that 1981 uh, Niners beating the Bengals. Wow, I can't believe my analysis of the Charles Manson murders and the 12-part podcast I just listened to just led me to memories of my earliest Super Bowls. Can I stay away from that topic for 10 seconds? Please. Please. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, you got you to check out this Manson murder thing, man. It's uh, the details that go into it. Um, Candace Bergnan's boyfriend, she lived with him at the house that... Uh, Polanski and Tate would eventually move into where the murders would take place because um, that's who Manson thought he was hitting or he was just hitting that neighborhood. Maybe he knew um, about that. And then he was also friends with Brian Wilson, who was never the same after his encounters with Manson. But, you know, loosely covered in uh, the Hollywood movie by um, Tarantino. So check that out, too. Um, but, yeah. It's just an interesting turning point that that uh, few murders and I, every life counts, right? But that, that that little stint now it seems like nothing, but then it was just huge, sixty nine man, and that was right around the moon landing. And I think uh, Ted Kennedy 
Chappaquiddick. All right. Um, now, okay, we're good. We're good. We're good. Okay, we're going to wrap it up here. We got like two minutes. Thanks for listening. I know this is crazy, but uh, just again, it's just absolutely cathartic for me, and uh, I appreciate it. But um, look, now's the time, guys, for the most important part of the episode where it's Patrick Keene's tweets of the week. All right, here we go. Uh, on Monday, I tweeted, um, my fear of death is exceeded only by forgetting to unsubscribe to various services before the trial period expires. You know what I'm saying? Like, death is scary. Um, I'm afraid to die, but screw it. I'm going to do it anyway because I'm just brave. But, uh, you know, you have this trial period on, like, whatever, Amazon Prime or HBO or Showtime, Hulu, and you're just like, oh, my God, is it, are there 31 days in July or 30? Like, did I get it out in time? Or am I going to have to pay an extra $7.99? Oh, God, I'm calling someone tomorrow. I don't care how long I have to wait on the phone. I'm saving that $7.99. Okay. On Tuesday, I tweeted, um, anyone know how to hide schizophrenia? Asking for a friend, a really, really, really close friend. Get it? Like it's me or something? I don't think I'm schizophrenic, though. Um, on Wednesday, I tweeted, uh, worst part of the day, Oh, I'm at the worst part of the day where sleep is over. Some call it morning, you know, <laughs> of course, like sleep's over. Like that's the beginning of your day, you silly goose. Um, all right. On Thursday, I tweeted, uh, I have a buddy in LA who's constantly name dropping. It's annoying, ugh, but, uh, and exhausting. Oh, but Hey, that's just Leo being Leo. You know what I'm saying? That's just Leo being Leo. Like I'm doing the name dropping because I'm clearly, that's Leonardo DiCaprio is who I'm talking about. So I'm doing the name dropping like he would need to name drop, you know, who's he going to name drop Gandhi, Martin Luther King, you know, Jesus, um, Brando, Marlon Brando, I guess, you know, Elizabeth Taylor. Um, but yeah, I have a buddy in LA who's constantly name dropping. It's annoying. That's funny. I like that. Uh, and then on Friday I tweeted, um, it's Friday, I guess, question mark. It's Friday, I guess. Because it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's, of course, it, nobody knows. In the pandemic, you don't know um, what we've got going on. So you should be excited. It's, it's, they got our, 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 our minds and, and hearts and thoughts all messed up with this thing. But, uh, you know, and it's a, good, it's a good, good thing too, maybe. It's summertime and you forget the days, so maybe that's good. It's a break. But, uh, man, I'd like to get back to a lot of that. Um, all right, guys, that's it for this week. We got that in 30 minutes. I hope it's not too boring. Um, I hope I have more to talk about in these episodes, but I was excited to, to get back on stage and do a social distance show. Everyone was, you know, placed far enough away at tables, some wore masks, something. I mean, they were eating too. So who knows? Um, I wiped down the mic, you know, I had the electric wipes, had the hand sand right there, ready to go. And so we did it. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. Keen on Things Podcast. Subscribe to KOT Baby on Spotify or iTunes. I'm your host, Patrick Keen. Uh, and we're going to try to get that monthly show off the ground at Bistro K and Laguna Niguel, off Crown Valley, Niguel Road, Delish Food. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Have a good week. And we'll see you next Monday, baby. Yeah.